It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 215 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Ashley, Adam, and Steph. We are so excited. We have a fantastic episode lined up for you guys. Not only because we have an awesome special guest, but also because this is officially the first episode of the Reputation Era. Can you guys believe it? No. No. Not at all. We have waited for so long. I mean, it's been almost two years since, uh, well, the close of tour, but three years since we've heard any of Taylor's new music at all. I feel energized. I feel like I'm not dying anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know the fandom was so active on Twitter and Tumblr and everywhere as soon as the single was released and even beforehand, and the excitement is back in the air, and that's great. And when we did our last episode, 214, which was our special call-in episode, that was the day that the album name, cover, and release date had all been announced, but we still had no idea what the single name was going to be. Right. Everybody was thinking it was timeless, and nobody had any idea what was actually happening. But this title sounds like a Taylor song, just a lot of words, kind of like we are never ever getting back together. And, of course, fans have already shortened it with L-W-Y-M-M-D. And, of course, that stands for Look What You Made Me Do, which I think now is also the most misspelled hashtag on all of Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Along with reputation. Yeah, we're having a lot of spelling problems, guys. We really need to work (laughs) on it. (laughs) Even when TS6 is coming was trending worldwide, it was trending as a misspelling so we're just too excited we can't type correctly i know and then the problem is that when you're trying to tweet and it starts to try and fill in the hashtag for you then you have to scroll through all of these wrong hashtags to try and find the correctly spelled one but sometimes i go with the incorrect one to try to keep it going so that it continues to trend worldwide but clearly taylor has been trending worldwide all over the place all week So as far as our own opinions, interpretations, song analysis, everything about the brand new single, we just kind of want to jump right into our special guest. If you guys don't know already who it is, we have Perez Hilton coming on the show. Uh, If you guys don't know who he is, I'd be surprised. He is a humongous, humongous leader of celebrity news. Uh, He has his own celebrity blog, PerezHilton.com. If you haven't heard of it, you've probably been living under a rock. I'm sorry. Uh, But we are just so excited to have him on our show today. And of course, one of the things that we frequently talk about on the show is just that anytime Taylor is releasing new music, there's a lot of media 
attention and activity to deal with and sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative and Perez has for a long time been notorious for just having very strong opinions which is why we admire him so much as a media personality he doesn't hold back he gives his unfiltered opinions but most importantly he truly loves and respects and supports Taylor and all throughout this interview the stories the anecdotes he shared they're just incredible to hear and some of them are things that I had never heard before so getting to talk to him on this personal level was just incredible and gave me so much more respect for him as a media personality. And to go along with that, we really, as we all navigate this new era together, want to bring you guys as much coverage and as well-rounded coverage of everything going on as we possibly can. So we've been mentioning that's why you're seeing us put out episodes much more frequently than our regular schedule. And that will likely continue as the excitement of the album gets closer and closer. And so we were so excited to start things off with Perez, but we've also been planning things with a lot of other awesome media outlets, both great people we've had as guests in the past who love Taylor and other outlets that we've never yet worked with who have some amazing things to say and to share. So we're really covering all sides. We're so excited This is a brand new experience for all of us as fans in this era, and we're definitely just looking forward to making the most of all of it. So you definitely need to be following us everywhere because things just keep getting busier and busier. So if you haven't yet subscribed to us on iTunes, you should go hit that subscribe button, and that way, every time our latest episode comes out, it will download it for you automatically. You won't even have to think about it. And we are at SwiftCast13 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. And that is another great way to keep up with all of our news and updates. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I mean, we can't say it enough. Uh, It's easy to do. Just do it real quick. Next time you're on iTunes, it's free. So literally, you are going to get the best content for Taylor that you won't be able to find anywhere else. And not only subscribe, but leave us a review on iTunes if you like this episode rate us five stars and doing all of that helps other fans find us so when they're on itunes looking at taylor and her music that they'll get to hear our podcast as well so we really really appreciate everyone who takes the time to do that and we would love if you would help continue to support us that way through this era so without further ado with a very fun exciting positive interesting interview here is perez hilton perez hilton welcome to the show thanks for joining us today Yes, thank you. So exciting. I wish we could be doing this live because it's a very exciting day in Swift land, which is the entire world, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish we were all just hanging out right now together. Well, we are. <laughs> so before we start with the interview, um, a lot of people know who you are, uh, obviously. Uh, massive celebrity blog and, of course, longtime friends with Taylor. Um, so... Before we start, I mean, uh, obviously, as you know, um, there's just something I want to touch on briefly. So we obviously talk directly to Taylor's fans, Swifties. Um, And if there's one thing about Swifties is that they're just fiercely loyal to Taylor. So as most of us already know, you aren't maybe the biggest fan of Look What You Made Me Do, which obviously is... Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) which is obviously the unpopular opinion, you know, amongst our listeners. So... Yeah, amongst the listeners, although, you know, like Taylor does, I lurk on Tumblr, and I did see some fans retumbling a lot of the critical reviews. And I would say, objectively speaking, 
the critics, for the most part, gave very mixed reviews on the song, mixed to negative. Like, I wouldn't say it's overwhelmingly negative or overwhelmingly positive, but I would say the consensus amongst critics is that it's mixed to negative, objectively speaking. And then, of course, my opinion, which is not a fan of the song. But, you know, people who listen to this podcast, I would say probably most of them do enjoy this song. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe one of you two right now with me don't love it. I don't know. Anything is possible. But I will say, you know, as a fan of somebody, I don't like to consider myself sheep. I'm not a blind follower of people that I love. And I, and I said this when I made my own reaction video. Like, I worship Madonna. She's my number one of all time. I grew up worshiping her, like the way so many people do Taylor now. And I've said this before. I think in many ways Taylor is the Madonna of her generation. But just because I love Madonna and she's the most influential artist of my life doesn't mean I can't be objective about her. And it also doesn't mean that I have to like everything she does. In fact, a lot of the things she does recently I don't love talking about Madonna. And we've made that comparison many times before on the show, because I feel like a lot of times we hear people say, oh, I remember exactly where I was and everything I experienced for, you know, a lot of Madonna's different tours that were so iconic. And we feel like when we're older, that's going to be like, wow, you were at the 1989 tour. Like, what an iconic moment in music. There's definitely a lot of comparisons. Yeah, I'm so lucky I've been to every single one of Taylor's tours. And so we all have to think that she definitely put this out knowing that it was such a bold song that people would either love it or hate it. There's not a lot of room for in-between. Well, that's just who she is in general. I mean, people either love her or hate her. A lot of people don't have ambivalence towards her, and I think that's a compliment. Like, she is that Madonna level. Same with, well... I made another video. I love Taylor, and I've made a lot of videos about her recently because I've been so excited for this new era. It's the first time in three years, um, you know, that we're getting new music and not just, you know, a feature with Zayn Malik. Um, There's some people maybe like Adele or even Beyonce who's more universally loved and adored and worship. You know, Taylor is Marmite for a lot of people, and that's an Australian thing. She's very polarizing. And I think for a lot of reasons, like, people do buy into this false narrative about her that she talks about in the song. You know, conceptually, I love Look What You Made Me Do. Execution-wise, I'm not a big fan of it. But I totally am 110% into the intent of the song and the message and all of that. Uh, You know, I think I might be projecting, but, you know, maybe the fact that she's a pretty tall, blonde, white girl, a lot of people are jealous or whatever it is that I don't think it's deserved. Um, But ultimately, the fact that people hate her enough to express that, (laughs) I think is a good thing. And and it, it speaks to her relevancy. 10 plus years into her career. And I apologize. I like to talk a lot. And I love to talk about Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) We do too. Yeah, don't worry. Well, one thing I wondered is you've said multiple times, and I think everybody knows that you're a huge fan of Taylor. 
when did it all start for you and when did you first meet her? Exactly when it all started. It was the ACM Awards 2007 when she did, um, was, which, which song exactly? I know how it, I think she did Tim McGraw, right? Where, where it started to rain. Oh, she did, should have said no. She did, should have said yep. no. And it was the ACM Awards, right? Right. Correct. I think it was 2007. With and the rain? I, Yep, not even not not even just that, but like everything about it was so epic. She started off in a hoodie and jeans and her guitar and then had like an onstage instant costume reveal where it was ripped off of her and she had her dress which was like her uniform for that era and then gave a killer performance and then it started to rain on stage. I was like, okay, I need to pay more attention to this girl because she's a superstar. And it was in that moment that I fell in love with her on a passionate level. And I knew at that moment, this girl is more than just a catchy songwriter and more than just cute. She's smart. She's a superstar. Well, that's inspiring. I mean, we all love that performance. It's just so well-known. I think we all absolutely agree with that. But maybe people weren't aware of it when it came out. Like, it caught my attention instantly. And that's really what made me fall in love with her. Well, And then, like, it just went to a whole other level when, like, literally, like, a month or two later, she must have seen that or something. And this magazine isn't even in publication anymore. But there was this music magazine called Blender. And she was on the cover of Blender. And she said that she wanted – somebody asked her who she wanted to take to prom, and she said Perez Hilton. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we are just, like, in love forever. We're bonded forever. So I've, I've literally been a fan for a decade. And I think that a lot of people who might have become fans more in the last couple albums as she shifted to pop just don't necessarily have that same context. They don't have – that deep bond from all of the years that, you know, you might watch videos later on, but if you weren't there as a fan experiencing it with her from day one, as we all were, you might not understand as much what she's about. I love those early albums and the tours. And I would say actually those early tours were even better in that the fans were so much more hardcore. As she became more mainstream and popular, you had fans going to the concert, which were more just like radio fans or casual fans or whatever. But like, I remember those first two, three tours when every single person in the audience knew every single lyric and I could hear them singing along with me. And it was really magical and special. I didn't really experience that in the 1989 tour. Right, because I think you get a lot of the general population who wants to see what she's about, and so they go to the show, too. Yeah. The Speak Now tour, that is my favorite Taylor tour of all time. It was so romantic and theatrical. Like, so many costume changes. Like, And, oh my gosh, just like that performance at the ACM Awards, where she had like that super quick costume change, like... She did Enchanted, and she was underneath a bell and, like, changed underneath a bell in, like, 10 seconds or something. <laughs> it was magical. And then she would do a different cover song every night. Like, who does that? Who does that? Nobody does that anymore. But she, she would learn a song 
per show and would do it and the B stage and everything about it was just enchanting. It's so funny you say that because we literally just did an episode just about our favorite cover songs she's ever done because even today we miss those days and we love looking back. Well, one of mine is I actually requested a cover she do, and she did it for the show that I went to. She did a Beach Boys cover, and like, like, oh my God, she did my cover. Nice. It was my request. <laughs> it was next level epic. So speaking of like a, obviously a close personal relationship that you have with Taylor, um, we had a great question from uh, one of our listeners, Dan on Twitter. Uh, he posted a picture. Um, there's a personal note. Uh, to you from Taylor that says, my darling Perez, thanks a million. Love, Taylor. So anyway, he was wondering what the story was behind that and maybe where it's kept now. Aw. It was after the Speak Now album came out. So it was a while ago. That was She sent me that in 2010. And it was a gift that she sent me to thank me for my support. Uh, after the album debuted, at over a million copies its first week. Diva! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I have it. It's in my office. Right next to my Adele platinum plaque. <laughs> oh my god. Those are two of my most prized possessions of all time. One thing I've been wondering this week about the song was that normally with the past albums, it seems like she gives the media a preview of it maybe a day or two before the fans. Did you hear it before the actual release? No, but I know people that did, and that's why I was getting information not too far in advance. I'm sure they kept it real tight. But, like, even the day before um, it came out on Wednesday, I tweeted, Taylor Swift is dead. <laughs> and she ends up saying that in the song. So people had heard it, and word was getting back to me about different aspects of the song. So, yeah, she kept it quiet, but not too quiet, you know, and she, clearly not because – She's a marketing genius, such a smart woman. Nobody could ever say anything but that. And the rollout and everything along with it from every single ABC show and ESPN tweeting about it to UPS, you know, it's, it's Target really, you know, pumping it out and, and giving people incentive to buy the physical release. Like, she's in a league of her own. Nobody comes close. Not even Adele or Beyonce. She's truly in a league of her own. She thinks about, and this is one of the things what I love about going to see her in concert and speaking about the Speak Now tour. Like she thinks about every detail. Like I remember, might have been, I think it was also the Speak Now. Was it the Speak Now tour when she did um, like the little like country segment? Where, like it looked like it was like a house or a porch or something. Oh, for me maybe. Yeah. Right. Was that that tour? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I I pay attention to everything as well. Like I remember during that segment when the stagehands came, she had the stagehands dress up in theme. <laughs> like who does that? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody or, or, does that. Only Taylor. No, like everybody else would just have their stagehands dress in black while they're setting it up. No, she had the stagehands dress in theme. Or during the enchanted number when the bells came down. She, at the bottom of the bells, had TS logos on them. I'm like, that little attention to detail. She's like so type A perfectionist. She reminds me a lot of myself. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. I mean, I am truly a genuine fan. And I 
love and admire her and am so inspired by her. I've also been vocal about the things I don't like. Like, one of the other reasons I don't love the song is she wants us to think she's fearless, but she's not. Like, there are still a lot, there are still things that Taylor Swift is afraid of. She's still afraid of alienating a lot of people. Like, I don't think she would ever curse in a song because she doesn't want to alienate kids. She's afraid of losing moms, or I don't know what it is that motivates her, which is, you know, so I don't think she would do that on this album. Maybe she will. Maybe she'll surprise me. Yeah, we're actually having a lot of debate about that. I thought maybe she might end up doing an explicit and a clean version of the album, but I just don't know. I don't think she will, because she's still a fearful person. Even though she wants us to think she's fearless, I don't think she's fearless. Or that's also why she's afraid be explicitly political because she's afraid of alienating people and that's fine that's some would say smart but i don't buy into this narrative that she's fearless she's not fearless everyone has insecurities and she's just at the very top and has so much more to lose than you know a celebrity who's at a different stage in their career she's just she has to think very carefully about everything she does and she does <laughs> she's taylor swift And so I think for us, as people have called her calculating and things along those lines over the years, we've thought that, you know, maybe she is, maybe she isn't. But is it a bad thing when everything she does turns out so successfully? No. She's a thousand percent calculating. And I think that's awesome. Madonna was super calculating, too. I'd rather they be calculating than just like going with the flow or like not really differentiating one album from another or another era from another era and just... Be smart. Own it. She's 100%, 100 billion percent calculating in the best way possible. We're going to take a quick break for right now, but we'll be right back with more from Perez. So going back to the song a little bit, when you first started hearing just the rumors about it and we're starting to get information, was there a certain sound or feel that you were hoping it would have? Was there anything you were specifically expecting? I was expecting it to sound like I Don't Want to Live Forever because it was described to me as dark and moody, and that song is dark and moody. Um, I mean, I'm not against the sound. I love I'm Too Sexy, and I love Operate by Peaches. I love those two songs. I did a cover of I'm Too Sexy in 2012, and I posted it today. And Peaches (laughs) is one of my all-time favorite artists. Like, I've made out with Peaches. True story. <laughs> in 2003, when I went to see her in concert, there was not even a Perez back then. She did the song Stuff You Up, and I had brought props. I gave her candy, and like for the final encore, I jumped up on stage and stood with a bunch of other people, and everybody making out with everybody else, and I started making out with Peaches. She had some <laughs> video, by the way. Oh, my oh gosh. My God. I love Peaches. I love Right Said Fred. I just didn't love the execution. Like, I mean, I love that she took a big risk. I, I almost wish, but, but I wish it would have just been executed better. Like, the thing that drives me the wildest is never, ever has Taylor Swift, to my knowledge, released a song with such an unmelodic chorus. The pre-chorus? Brilliant. The pre-chorus is one of the best things she's ever done. That's my favorite part of the song, hands down. Yep. I think so, too. Yeah, 
chorus is so repetitive in the worst way possible, annoyingly repetitive, so juvenile. I mean, she kind of did it also with Shake It Off and did it better. Like, and a pop song's all about the chorus. I, it just it ruined it for me. And the verses were cool, but they weren't they weren't like she's done better verses. But like, I just it's like it killed it for me. Like it pains me to listen to that chorus. Well, someone on Twitter said, "Do you think that she made it sound juvenile to sort of poke fun at the whole juvenile way that the media and people sometimes treat her?" I don't know, but like, it's hard to get in her head. It's hard to answer these questions. It didn't work. It didn't work. You could be juvenile and have it work. Like, like I said, the comparison to the My Hump song by the Black Eyed Peas, that's juvenile, but it works. Like, I love that My Hump song. And it's sort of a little bit similar, I think. Yeah, it is very repetitive like that. Yeah, I think it's similar to My Humps, too. I think the reason is like, my Humps is juvenile, but it has humor. This song is lacking in humor. And it's almost lacking in fun to me. Some people might find it fun. I don't. Do you think this is a song that could grow on you over time? I've literally listened to it by now close to 30 times. It's not growing on me. <laughs> but I am hopeful and optimistic and pretty sure the rest of the album is going to be nothing like this. Just like the last album was not like you know, shake it off. Or even the album before that, you know, we were never ever getting back together. wasn't very reflective of, you know, Red right. either. It really wasn't. Both of those songs stood out almost as totally separate from the rest of the album. Yeah. She likes to get people talking and she's really, it's calculated. Like she, she clearly knew, she knew what she was doing when she released this song. I'm not saying she didn't. You know, it was a choice. It was clearly a choice. She knew it was going to be polarizing, as is evidenced by the critics, who I would say throughout her career, the critics have overwhelmingly always been positive. So an interesting point that uh, some people have been making on Twitter, uh, I'm going to talk briefly about what a concept album is. Uh, so for those of our listeners who might not know what that is, it's an entire album that's framed in such a way to express a story track by track. So like some famous examples of these, uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club by the Beatles, uh, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Um, and we had a great question from our listener, Taze Ken on Twitter. Do you think that this is a concept album? And if it is, will this change your view if it's part of a bigger story? Well, it won't change my view of the single. And I actually think all of her albums are concept albums because she That's writes true. them all. Mm -hmm. She's a true artist. She's an album artist. She always is an album artist. So I, I, I wouldn't say that's, anything, that's, that's nothing new for her. I mean, she could get – there's, the, there's a concept album and then there's a conceptual album. Like I would say it would be a conceptual – for her, I mean, if she were going to be – if we're going to be literal about it, like – if she created a character and all of these songs were from the point of view of a character, then that's a real concept album. But, you know, I don't think that's the case. And in fact, in the first song, she says Taylor Swift is that, you know, like it's clearly her singing these songs. Yeah, I was actually really wondering when she first started 
teasing us with the snake videos if there was going to be some kind of character created. I mean, we might see a character or characters in the music videos. And by the way, the music video for Look What You Made Me Do looks amazing. Oh, yeah. We absolutely can't wait. Yeah. And I can also see how some people are saying it's clearly Beyonce inspired. <laughs> Both. I can think it's amazing, and I'm like, yeah, bees all over that, in my opinion. <laughs> so another really interesting question uh, from one of our listeners. Um, this comes from Oh Hey Taylor Ray on Twitter. They asked, since you don't seem to be a fan of the song, and they said, of course, you're entitled to feel that way, uh, which we all agree. Um, what would you have preferred the song to sound like? I would have loved the production and everything as is if it just had a melodic chorus and maybe more, even more, like even the verses aren't as melodic as she normally is. So I would have tweaked the verses and the chorus big time and you could even keep the production as is, but just be more melodic. Like this doesn't feel like Taylor Swift to me. And listen, she's very versatile. Like I just, I'm so, I'm still shocked and confused by it all. <laughs> See, that's kind of like part of why I found the song just so interesting. I thought that speaking to like, uh, you know, she reached this breaking point, this point of like insanity. That's kind of what the, the discord almost uh, seemed to kind of reflect. That's just what I got out of it anyway. Yeah, it definitely felt to me frenetic at points. And I don't really love that word or adjective to describe something. I don't usually view Taylor Swift as frenetic. And also, like, thematically, like, you know, it's a point of debate. Some people say yes, some people say don't. Like, some people argue, and I might be in this camp that, you know, she's painting herself as a victim, you know, blaming all these other people for things. And, yeah, she's a strong woman, and she comes out stronger as a result. But, like, a lot of people are sick and tired of the Taylor Swift as victim narrative. And... Thematically, it might have been better to do something else. And also, just like, hello, yeah. You know, you're the biggest pop star on the planet. Hence, you're also the biggest target there is. But at the end of the day, you're freaking Taylor Swift and your life is awesome, okay? <laughs> I have sympathy for her, but, like, there's, I would say, 99% uh, of the people on the planet probably have it worse than her. Absolutely, which is why I don't think that we should expect the rest of the songs to all be about this or all be about trying to play the victim in any way. I think that this was just a message that she felt it needed to send, and she did it very strongly and very emphatically in this song. And hopefully it gave her some sort of catharsis where she feels like she finally said what she's always wanted to say. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I think she just wanted to get people talking. And she's like, what can I do and say that will get me the most impact possible? Because she wants to let everybody else do the work for her. Like, I, I don't – She actually, I'm pretty sure I'm smart. certain she isn't doing any radio interviews to promote the song. And I don't think she's going to be doing much, if any, in the future for a second single or the album release. I mean, she might do some and – she might do some interviews, but there have been no covers or anything timed to the release of this. Like, she wants to let the music do the talking and then let everybody else do the talking for her, which is telling because she has still not turned 
the comments on on her Instagram, which I don't like. Like, I feel people like that connection with her. I want to feel like they're a part of it and that they can comment. Like, if she's having a difficult time because she's getting negative comments from people, then don't read the comments. But let your fans comment on your freaking post. Right. She used to not read articles about herself back in the day. So you would think she could do that again. I don't know if it's just too much now for her to be able to handle. I guess. I mean, she, she's still lurking on Tumblr, though. Like, I've seen her. She's been liking posts. So if you're going to lurk, you got to let people comment on your Instagram photos. That was an aside. And another aside, uh, I got my own podcast. If you guys are enjoying me thus far, in my opinions and my thoughts, I do stuff like this every single week. I talk about music and I talk about pop culture and what's trending. You can listen to my podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. It's called the Perez Hilton Podcast with Chris Booker. Or you can listen to it directly at PerezPodcast.com. Absolutely. I know our listeners are always looking for new avenues, new podcasts, new uh, opinions. And, and especially with you being such a fun personality, I'm sure they're going to check it out. Well, thanks. I mean, I've, I've got to say, I've really been surprised by the way, and I'm sure you guys saw it when you asked for feedback uh, questions for me. Like, I've really been surprised by the super negative response from a lot of Taylor fans for my opinions on the song. I didn't think she had that kind of fan base, and I would have thought people would be like, yeah, you know, Perez doesn't like this, but I know he's a fan, and I know he's been a very vocal supporter of both her music and her as a person repeatedly. So, like, mm -hmm. people, take a freaking chill pill. <laughs> I think people are unfortunately really quick to forget all of the support someone has given in the past and sometimes do jump to the negative. But as I said on our Twitter earlier, as a message just to everyone, we're all navigating this new era together. Good, positive opinions, negative opinions, they're all important. And we want to hear from all sides and all views on this podcast. And that's why we are so excited to have you be officially the very first guest of the era to join us. Oh, well, I instantly said yes, because... I love talking music, and I love talking Taylor Swift, and there is a lot to talk about. <laughs> but And you really have been such a big supporter. You were there for the live stream of 1989, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, the live stream event for the single, for Shake It Off. Right. Yeah. Afterwards, she invited everybody in that audience to her apartment and gave them pizza. And, like, who does that? She's... She's truly one of a kind. And you know what? Like, this is what I've said before. Like, I would rather an artist be calculating and do positive things, even if they're just doing them to look good, than not do positive things. And she does so many positive things for so many people repeatedly. I don't think she's just doing it just to look good. And a lot of it she does quietly. So that's really who she is as a person. She's so thoughtful and kind and considerate and nice and sweet. Well, one last thing that I just have to ask before we let you go. Do you think she will actually show up at the VMAs? I hope not. I'd rather she doesn't. <laughs> like, I think the VMAs are beneath her at this point. Like, She's bigger than the VMAs. Yeah, we're kind of all of the opinion that she might just show the video but not actually make any appearance. She doesn't need to. Like, just have her open the show with a video, and pff, that's it. 
I have to ask one last question, just for my own, you know, personal curiosity. What do you think is your absolute favorite memory with Taylor, or just your favorite thing about her? My favorite thing about her is just knowing her heart and knowing, a hundred percent knowing that she isn't what so many people think she is. I know she's she was raised so well. She is a lovely, lovely person, and. I would say my favorite memory and moment was when my son was born. She took time out of her life, A, to acknowledge it, and B, she handcrafted, hand-painted a gift for him. She had a little mini guitar, and she painted it and must have spent at least like an hour or maybe 30, I don't know, spent a considerable amount of time to make me this baby present, like... Who does that? My friends didn't even do that. <laughs> That's amazing. I remember that. It was just beautiful. Yes, I had that in my house. So the, the framed thing that's in my office and then the guitar. Actually, I have it in my bedroom. I'm looking at it right now as we speak. <laughs> wow, this has been so awesome. And we know that you're just as excited as we are to learn more about the album. It's going to be a really exciting few months, and we would love to talk to you again in the future because this has just been so great. Anytime. Well, thank well, you guys, and uh, we'll talk again soon. I just All have right, one sounds great. Thing Enjoy your weekend. To say about thank you, you very much. Thank you. Incredible. Thank you. Bye. Wow. Oh, my God. That's multiple things, but it was awesome. Yeah, it was great to hear him tell his little stories about – Taylor giving his son a guitar when he was born and just those little things that he has had the experience of that he got to share with us was just so neat. Perez is just such a fun person. Truly, we are honored to have had him on our show. And we really look forward to having him back uh, to talk about any of the other singles, reputation itself, the whole album. I mean, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. So for those of you who are tuning into us for the very first time, again, we have to remind you, please press the subscribe button on iTunes. It will download our latest episodes for you automatically. We are going to be reporting about everything that has to do with reputation. Uh, the singles, the people surrounding it, we really have some exciting stuff lined up. So please, please do yourself a favor. Hit subscribe on iTunes. It only takes a second. If you wanted to reach out to us on our social media accounts, our Twitter is the most active at SwiftCast13. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr at SwiftCast13. You can email us at SwiftCast13show at gmail.com or you can find all of those things on our website, SwiftCast13.com. And if this is your first time ever tuning in, we hope you'll stick with us and we hope that you'll go back to some of our older episodes too because we've been doing this for such a long time now and it's just always been so much fun and we're excited to bring you guys so much more. So for episode 215 of SwiftCast, this has been Nate, Ashley, Adam, and Steph. We will see you very shortly with our next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. Later. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.